I just was in shock and I I didn't say anything for a couple minutes and I, I was having trouble processing things. And I think at that point, I just realized that I was researching my father instead of my grandfather. Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. And welcome to episode 178. And today I am speaking with Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, Lily. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this with me on this on this Monday night. My pleasure. And this will be called Kim M's Story, and we are in season five right now. And Kim, you are an NPE, right? That is correct. Okay, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get started on your NPE story today. I don't have any announcements, and we'll start with finding out about your family of origin, who was in it, and what that was like for you. I was born into a family from the Tampa, Florida area, mostly I would call the Georgia settlers. <laughs> farmers from that background. And my mom and dad were both raised in Florida around the Tampa area, and they grew up living on farms. And they met and married in 1956 and then skipped forward to 1973. And I was born uh, into that family. They, They were a very quiet family. We were in the military. So we traveled a lot, moved around since I was one, pretty much moved until I was about 16 years old, where we moved back to the Tampa area. And he retired and uh, I started my life from there. Do you have any siblings? I do not from from my first first family. (laughs) Uh, I do not. I was an only child um, uh, for 47 years. (laughs) They they were married for quite a bit of time before they had you. Yes. So apparently in 1963 to 1965, my mom gave birth to two boys about two years apart. And unfortunately, they were born premature and didn't live. And so then jumped 10 years later, um, 1973, and I was born. Oh, wow. Oh, she lost Mm -hmm. two children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later. (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah. And how was your relationship with both your parents growing up? So I was very close to my dad. Because he was in the military, he traveled a lot and he was gone for nine months out of the year. So I was definitely a daddy's girl and 
my mom and I um, struggled because different things, you know, she was a single mom raising me while he was gone and just the struggles of raising a girl. And then, but I would say that we got a little closer after my high school years, but I was always super close to my dad. Did you ever have any suspicions that you might be an NPE when you were younger? So, yes, I always felt a little different. It was hard to explain. I I joke and I said, I always had a nice tan and my parents didn't have a tan. And I grew up just, uh, I don't know, just feeling different. And I would hear stories about my mom having Native American in her and my dad makes jokes about it. So I always contributed that in my mind. And I don't know if that was planted or it was just a coincidence, but uh, I would have many people come up to me and speak Spanish to me. And they would ask me if I was Hispanic. And this went all the way up till I was like 17 or 18. And I'd say, no, 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 no. I'm from the country. I'm not, I'm not Hispanic. What did you think your your ancestry was? It sounded like you thought you had some Native American. Yes. Yes. So I was thinking that was it. And they'd ask if I was Greek or Spanish. And I just always kind of contributed to the Indian. Are Are both your parents, your raising parents, are they white? Yes. The Cuban heritage is very strong in Tampa. And I grew up eating the food. My grandmother cooked it. My mom cooked it. And I always felt a draw from the Cuban culture in Tampa. And of course, I was always proud to be with friends and family that were Hispanic. And so I always felt close from that side. But I think that was the closest that I felt at that time. So you... Your grandma cooked Cuban food, but she was not Cuban. That is correct. On your your mother's side. That is correct. Mm -hmm. And how did you, and when was this, how did you find out you were an NPE? So to begin, it was November 2019, right when everything was kind of new with the DNA and of course, all the Ancestry commercials. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to do Ancestry. I was very curious to see how much, quote, Native American Indian I actually had. So I wanted to know if it was true. I literally wanted to know if it was true and, and said, so I waited for the results. The results came back. And to my surprise, it didn't show a lot of Native American. But even to a larger surprise, it was showing like a 20, 23% Spanish Portuguese heritage. And because DNA was slightly new at this time, I didn't know how to read it at that time. Um, But one of my close relatives showed up on Ancestry. And I tried reaching out to her at that time, but kind of came to a dead end. And so I decided to kind of let it go. Then jump forward to January 2020 was seeing 23andMe, and I was reading that, you know, they had a lot more technology that may be beneficial. And I think I was kind of in denial and wanted to see if I could debunk (laughs) Ancestry's results um, and to see if they were wrong. And so about a month later, my results came back. And this time it was even more precise. At that time in 2020, it was showing 33% Spanish Portuguese. 
But then most of all, it was showing a Cuban descent. And I had a few relatives come up that were labeled as first cousins. And at that moment, I kind of was like, hmm. And just to let you know, in my mind, I 100% did not think it was me, like my result as an MPE, I should say. I was sure that I was looking at my grandfather, my mom's father. And I said, I know he's Cuban. I finally figured it out. I was convinced of it. And so then I went on a quest to actually figure out who my Cuban grandfather was because my mom didn't know her father very well and he wasn't really in the picture of her growing up. So I was 100% sure that I knew where this result was coming from. So I started my investigation. Now keep in mind, I did not tell my mother that I was doing this because I felt I wanted to spare her the heartache because she had such a bad childhood. I didn't want to bring that up, telling her that the father she thought she had was not her biological father. I started contacting 23andMe, started contacting the first cousin matches, which ironically lived in the Tampa Bay area. So I knew I had the right family that I started researching to, and I started reaching out to the first cousins. And I reached out to one trying to find out how I was related to him. And he was quite polite and told me that he didn't have much information on his mother's side, but that she was on Facebook and that I could reach out to her. Uh, and he put this little mention in there that I favored his cousin. And I thought that was interesting. So I told him thank you and I asked for her name. And when he mentioned her name, a light went off in my head. And I pulled up Ancestry and I said, that was who my close relative was on Ancestry in 2019. So at that point, I knew I was on the right path. I reached out to her. She didn't have much information with me giving surnames and, and trying to figure out a correlation between the two. So I told her, could I have some names in the family? And then I started a family tree with all the info to keep track of it. And I went on Heritage, newspaper.com, family search, started pulling newspaper articles. And, and to be honest, my husband thought I was crazy, was obsessed with this. And I, I was on the computer for probably eight, nine hours a day researching all of this, but I had to figure out which one was my grandfather. So so we started looking into the Cinnamorgan charts of DNA to see how closely matches were related, and it was confusing. And then fast forward to July of 2020, and I was getting very close to who I thought my grandfather was, and I had another 23andMe match, which was another cousin, first cousin, which was related to the person that I reached out on 23andMe, and yet another sign that I was connected to the right family. So I decided to reach out to the close family member, which uh, was my aunt that I found on Ancestry. And I said, could I please give you a call so we can kind of talk this through and figure things out? And she said, sure. And all the time I was knowing that I was going to have to have this uncomfortable conversation with her about how 
possibly, you know, one of her family members might have been unfaithful and was my grandfather. I just didn't really know how to approach that. And so we kind of started talking through it. And I said, so your son is my first cousin and your nephew is my first cousin. What does that mean? And she paused and she told me something that made me almost fall on the floor. And she said, she said, you're my brother's daughter. And I kind of just paused for a second and I said, no, 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 that, that's not it. I said, I'm looking for my grandfather. And she said, no, there's no other explanation. That has to be it. Because if I'm your aunt, then you have to be my niece and you have to be my brother's daughter. And at that point, I just, I just was in shock and I, I didn't say anything for a couple minutes and I I was having trouble processing things. And I think at that point, I just realized that I was researching my father instead of my grandfather. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. So here you're going through all this thinking your mom is the NPE Mm -hmm. and you find out you are. That's right. That's right. Yeah. How did you feel after talking with your aunt? Uh, well, she she was so excited. And unfortunately, she told me that he had sadly passed away in 2002 at the age of 62. But, but she said, you know, uh, she goes, if this is true, she says, you have four half siblings. And I just was like, what? I went from being an only child to now having four half siblings. And I was an only child for 47 years. And, you know, how could this be possible? And and she was saying, you need to reach out to your sister. And I just kind of was like in shock and upset and confused. And, you know, she gave me my sister's number and I just, I paused and I said, I'll give her a call in a little while, but I need to be able to process this. And I, I think I was just in shock. Couldn't believe what I had just found out. <laughs> so I needed to be able to process that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had to, before I, basically I needed to confirm some things because I'm a fact checker and I like to have everything, you know, to be proven before I go forward with something because of course I was angry and I wasn't going to go just run and confront my mother at the time. But so I needed to check off a few boxes. And so there were, you know, I wanted to have my sister do a DNA test. I wanted to have my son do a DNA test to see if they were, attached to the Cuban heritage, and then also confirm that my mom worked at the same place that my biological father worked at. So there were a couple of things that I needed to do prior to confronting my mom. Mm. Did you figure those things out? I did. I did. I I had everything. I called my sister. Um, she, My aunt had actually called her. So luckily I wasn't just calling <laughs> out of the blue to say, Hey, I'm your sister. So, but so she had already called her and softened the blow. And she told me that she usually wouldn't take a DNA test, but she said that she would do it for me. And that really meant a lot. And so I actually bought the kit myself and I mailed it to her. And then I had my son take the DNA test as well. And his came back first. And so he was 18% Spanish with a Cuban heritage to the same relatives. And then I waited for my sister to take the DNA test and 
I'll never forget. She texted me and said, are you sitting down? And I said, hold on, let me pull over. And she called me and said, I'm your half sister. And that's how I confirmed it. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. How did your, so how did your mom and birth father connect? Did you ever find that out? I did. So apparently they both worked at Sears and the story is my, uh, I say birth certificate father, but the man that raised me was in the military and they were actually separated at the time and he was deployed. And so she was working at Sears and she met him and it was just a short period of time, just a one night stand. And she realized it was a mistake. And um, to her great surprise, she was pregnant and she thought she couldn't get pregnant because she had lost those babies before. And I remember a story she told me growing up that she thought I was a tumor because she couldn't believe that she was pregnant. And According, after I spoke to her, he never knew I existed. Your birth father never knew? Never knew. No. No. Your dad, if he was deployed at the time of conception, did he Uh have an idea? So I, when I confronted her, she told me the story and she said that uh, she told my father that raised me and he knew and he decided to raise me as his own. but she never told, she never even contacted my biological father again after mm. that. How do you feel about that? So I had mixed feelings at first. You know, she told me that for many years she tried to tell me uh, because, of course, I was like, why didn't you tell me when I turned 18 or why didn't you tell me when I turned 21 where where I could handle it? And, and she said, I tried to tell you so many times, but I couldn't. Uh, I believe there are reasons for everything. And, you know, everyone said, well, it could have destroyed your relationship with your dad that raised you if he knew. But I think being 18 or 21, I still could have met him. I still could have met my new family a lot sooner. And I don't think it would have been a problem at the time. So I guess I understand now three years, four years in, but I didn't understand at first. So how is your relationship with your, well, I should ask, is your birth certificate father still with us? No, no. He passed away 11 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. So you never got a chance to talk with him about this? No. And he knew you, Yes, he knew you weren't his and he, but you never felt any differently? No, no. He, he raised me, like I said, I was very close to him. Yeah. Uh, he raised me as his own, and I knew nothing differently. Like you said, yeah. I, I didn't know any different. Yeah, you, you said you were a daddy's girl. I was. <laughs> I was. I was. How did, how did this go with your mother, talking with her about all of this? So I went back and forth for many weeks because I held on to this for, gosh, two or three months, I knew. And I would talk to her and not say anything because I was waiting for all those boxes to be checked, as I mentioned. And um, I just thought to myself, do I really want to 
do I want to open this box? Do I really want to go down this road? Because I guess I was thinking in my mind, she was going to be angry. She was going to deny it. Uh, So I was trying to go through those scenarios in my head to be prepared in case that that happened. And so back to when I first found out from my sister, I was actually on a short weekend vacation with my best friend because I told her about it and and I was waiting for those results. And I had decided that if I got those results back and she was indeed my sister, that I was going to travel to Tampa to talk to my mom. So that happened and I drove to Tampa and it was during the pandemic. And so it was during quarantine. So I didn't hug her and I arrived at her apartment and I was keeping her safe. And so to lighten the mood, I gave her birthday gifts to her because her birthday was the following week. And she seemed happy, but a little melancholy, but I was so sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat. And I just told myself, you need to do this now or you're not going to ever do it. So I, I finished dinner and I pulled out the folder that contained months of my investigation, documents, pictures, newspaper articles. And I placed on the table and I said, I need to talk to you. And this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And her face looked really concerned. And I said, you know, I was going through all those scenarios in my head, what would happen. And I just said, you know that I had my DNA done. And she nodded her head. And I said, and my son had his DNA done as well. She was still quiet and she nodded her head. And I said, we have been linked to a family in Tampa. I said, do you know what I'm about to tell you? And she nodded her head and she started to cry. And she said that she never wanted me to find out. So that's when we started the conversation. How did that go for you? I think to be honest with you, I wasn't angry. I was calm. Honestly, I come from a very spiritual background and I I believe if I didn't have that ground that foundation, I wouldn't be feeling the way I feel now. And I told her, I said, Mom, I said, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we're not proud of. You know, we're all human. And she cried and cried and said, No, 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 I never wanted you to find out. And, you know, I don't know. I had a peace and a calm feeling about me. And I told her, I said, I've known for a while, you know, and she said, I thought you were going to hate me. I thought you would never want to talk to me again. And I said, no, why would you think that? And, you know, she just thought she was going to lose me. And, you know, I'm all she has left. She has one sister and one brother that are still alive, but because I don't have any siblings, you know, I'm all she has. And she felt by me finding out that I was going to no longer speak to her. Yeah. That was a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can tell from talking to you, you talk about your, your peace and your calmness Mm -hmm. and your spirituality. Mm -hmm. So how is your relationship with your mother today? So it is, she actually lives right next door to me. (laughs) So so we built her a home on our property. And the funny thing is she moved away right when I was looking into my DNA and I didn't understand why. I thought she just wanted to move back home, but she told me that was why, because I was getting closer to finding out. 
anyway, after I talked to her, I moved her back here. And so Mm -hmm. she actually lives next door. We have a great relationship. Uh, Unfortunately, she doesn't really talk about it unless it's medically related. She doesn't ask about my other family. She doesn't ask about my siblings, which is hard. It hurts, to be honest with you. But she asked me to, you know, keep things quiet, to not tell her family because she was ashamed. But I still feel like this is this is my story and I still feel like I need to heal in some ways, which is why I like to talk to people like us and and to be able to heal that way. Oh, definitely. And and she may not ask, but I want to know about your half siblings. Sure. I want to <laughs> I want to hear about them sure. and and it sounds like you might have a relationship with at least one of them. I do. So I have a relationship with three out of the four. So there were two two marriages. So there are two children from one marriage and two from the other. So I have two brothers that are two years younger and four years younger than me. And I'm, I've actually developed a very close relationship with them. Every time I go back home to visit, we meet for dinner. We've gotten pictures taken together and they have welcomed me with open arms. My sister, we text from time to time. We're not super close. I wouldn't say as close as I am with the two brothers, but that's okay. You know, we still kind of communicate my aunt, I'm very close to now, and I've also met four of the cousins, so I'm very happy. And this is—is is this the this is the side of the family where your Cuban heritage comes from, right? Yes, yes. Have you started to dive into that more? I did, and well, because of the research that I had done, I learned a lot about the family and and where they came from. And so I've learned a lot of stories from my aunt. Uh, so it's been, it's been great. And it just warms my heart to, to learn about, uh, to learn about that and know that I'm a part of that. So it sounds like your birth father may have been single at the time of your conception, or I'm guessing anyway. He was, he was, okay. he was in between marriages. Something, too, that I really wanted to emphasize was, um, and this may have happened to you, too, I'm very curious, looking in the mirror for the first time after learning that you're an MPE, it was almost like I was staring at a different person. I can't explain how it felt, but seeing pictures of you know, my biological father and then my siblings and then family members. And all of a sudden my face looked different. Um, It was just a, it was almost like I was learning a new identity. Mm, That gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Did you get some genetic mirroring when you met with these new family members? Extreme resemblance. In fact, I joke and say that 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 gene is very strong because it filtered down to all the children. It's filtered down into my children. Uh, It's uncanny, the resemblance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I went to actually a funeral 
it was unfortunate that we got together for that reason, but I went to a funeral last year and I met one of the family members and she said, you look just like your father. Mm-hmm. And my eyes welled up and I just kind of was like, I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't get to meet him. Yeah, yeah. but I have pictures, so I was mm-hmm. I was very blessed to get lots of pictures and pictures of the family, and at least be able to connect in some way. Have you received any important medical information? In fact, I have. He actually had Crohn's disease, and um, so that was a good piece of information. And also, my sister has AFib. So having that information has been a total, (laughs) a total opposite of what I'd been telling my doctors all these years. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. things to be aware of and perhaps preventative stuff and and definitely more, right? That's right. That is right. Mm -hmm. So, so important to know your true family medical history. That's correct. And how about your healing how how has that gone and what have you found helpful these last couple years? So to be honest, I have a lot of good days, but there are some days that are difficult still. I do feel that I've been very strong through this, but I, I've been doing a lot of studying of obviously MPE stories, joining groups that really helps having someone that actually understands what we've gone through and what we're going through in our healing process. And because it's different, unless you've experienced it, it's just a different kind of experience. And I, the word that is coming to my head is learning to be resilient. I think that's what I'm working on now. And being able to, I want to help others that may be in this this situation and to be able to get through it and 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 be in that new identity I guess I could totally see you doing that I know they're they're always looking for like NPE mentors or even mm-hmm. just when people respond on these NPE groups in such a supportive loving manner I'm mm-hmm. like oh that's such a nice thing to share <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I know I read a lot of MPE stories and I hear a lot of people struggling and I know it hurts and I know it's hard. I guess I kind of look at, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to the dad that raised me and unfortunately, I didn't get to talk to my biological father. But I don't know, I just feel a peace. I think I've accepted that it doesn't matter which one raised me or which one, you know, was biologically my father, I'm here for a reason. And I wasn't a mistake. And I think that's what I would like to tell other MPEs is your story doesn't define who you are. You're important. You were meant to be here. You are serving a purpose. You are here for a reason. And I think that is what gets me through every day. Mm. Oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) If people wanted to contact you, Kim, could they do that? Oh, absolutely. Yes. What would be the best way to do that? Um, through email or Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, just whatever they prefer. And what's your what's your email? It's higher voice at hotmail. And what's your IG handle, Instagram handle? Um, it is if you're okay giving it out. Oh yeah, yeah sure. It's Kimberly Graves. 
uh, Mathis. So all one word, Kimberly, and then Graves, G-R-A-V-E-S, Mathis, M-A-T-T-H-E-S, and Graves being my maiden name that I was raised. (laughs) And if you scroll down in the podcast notes or whatever podcast platform you're looking on, you will see the links for Kim Kim's email as well as her Instagram handle. Kim, you really sound like a DNA detective. I mean, really, you do. You've learned so much and you you mentioned mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. different online sources you used for your research and mm-hmm. you even figured out the Centimorgan charts, which are very tricky. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've learned a lot. I think I missed my calling. Everyone Ooh. says I should have been a detective. <laughs> I was looking into that. I was like, briefly, when I was doing so much work on my computer, I'm like, should mm-hmm. I be a private investigator? But it was like, I can't remember, like two or 4,000 hours with your local yep. law enforcement. I was like, oh, man, I can't do that. I can't yes. quite swing that. I did. You know, I actually looked into working for, I think it's called Opram, where they solve the crimes through DNA. And they need people to actually investigate. And I thought, oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. So, but anyway, but yes, I love that stuff. I'm very detail driven and uh, I could definitely be a detective. (laughs) Kim, this has been so great talking with you this evening. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for giving us some resources. And I just appreciate you sharing so much with me. Oh, I appreciate speaking with you and you having me on your podcast. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.